Oh boy. Okay. So here's the thing. I had recorded an entire show with McKelly this afternoon. We're going to release it. I thought this might be just kind of a normal game where the Thunder just get it together. They play their brand of basketball. They beat the Grizzlies by 10 plus. And then we just go on with our normal lives. But that's not what happened. And so I'm having to record more podcasts for you guys because that was easily the dumbest game in Thunder history. I mean, just let's just break down the, the last couple minutes. So the Thunder, I mean, the engagement, I've never seen it so low. Just caring, just caring about the game. There were 18,000 people at the arena that cared more than the guys on the court. It was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable game. It was the worst Russell Westbrook game I've ever seen. Yet, let me tell you about the last two minutes of this game. The Thunder are down 88 to 93. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, they're still probably going to lose this game because that's how they've been playing. Uh, actually, the, the Russell Westbrook made a couple of free throws to put them uh, within five. So, they're actually they're, they're down seven. He makes a couple of free throws, puts them within five. That's with three minutes and 39 seconds left. And then another basket is not scored. And this tells you like this Grizzlies team is not good and they didn't play good. It's not like the Grizzlies were out playing them. The Grizzlies weren't even out playing them. They weren't good tonight. The Grizzlies scored 95 points tonight. The Thunder almost lost to them. So 339 left. Russell hits two free throws. And then nobody makes a basket until a minute 47 left. Dennis Schroeder hits a two-point shot, puts the Thunder within three. Uh, depending, oh, hold on. Sorry, I was actually just reading a text message from Royce. Um, so this is just unbelievable. So Russell's taken, he took 13 threes tonight. 13. He had taken 12 he had missed. Let's let me look at the box score. Let me pull it up real quick. I've got something else pulled up. So Russell went four of thirteen on the night. So he was three of twelve on the night. He had. I mean, and he had not been attacking the basket at all. I mean, of his twenty shots, he thirteen of them were threes. Thirteen. Thirteen. That's. Just, I mean, I don't have to tell you that's too many. You know that's too many. And so Russell takes this three on the wing from Dennis. And the whole time I'm sitting there, you can ask my wife, I'm sitting there saying, don't pass it to Russell. Don't pass it to Russell. Don't give him the ball. Just don't give him the ball. I thought, what if just, what if they just let Steven Adams run point the rest of the night? Would they be better? Probably. But of course, of course, Russell Westbrook hits that three, ties the game up a freaking course. Uh, Justin Holiday misses a 13-foot a two-point shot, heavily contested. Um, Valanciunas offensive rebound. Valanciunas misses. Jeremy Grant gets the ball. Russell gets the ball. And I'm still thinking, Russell, you got to pass it, man. You just you can't you can't be the guy to take this shot. Curls around the corner, two-point shot, nothing but net. Of course, 95-93, Of course. 
And then basically the, the, the Grizzlies actually got a great shot from three in the corner where Terrence Ferguson just flew by him like a jet and he, they miss Schroeder makes two free throws. DeLon Wright then goes by and makes, makes a layup. It's still a two point game. Uh, Ferguson somehow is the guy that ends up with the ball. I was super afraid because you look at Ferguson's stat line you go look him up in basketball reference shooting like 60 something percent from the corner. I'm like, or from the free throw line. So why, like, why does, why does he the guy that ends up with the ball? Why does shooter pass it? Anyways, he makes the two free throws. Um, Avery Bradley, who was actually awesome in this game, uh, misses a three, uh, game over. Uh, I just can't one. I can't believe they won that game Two, I'm not sure they actually won the game. I'm not sure that anybody deserved to win that game. That was the most pathetic game that I've ever seen the Thunder play by far. Uh, who was the best Thunder player tonight? I would ask that question, and I don't I don't know that I have an answer. Maybe Steven Adams, who had 22 rebounds tonight. You know, he looked, he looked okay. Jeremy was all right. He didn't hit any threes. Ferguson was not great tonight. New Orleans wasn't great. Morris wasn't great. Nader, maybe it was Nader. But he still had <laughs> some bad moments himself. Uh, that was it. Was the dumbest game in Thunder history, like, and it's just not even close. Mike Conley sitting out of this game hurt. The starting lineup: uh, Justin Holiday, who on a good team is he the ninth or tenth guy? Probably. Bruno Caboclo. He played twenty eight minutes for this team tonight. Twenty eight. Is he? Does he play for the Thunder? I tend to think no. Uh, Valanciunas, he's a legit starting to backup center in this league. He's a good player. He's a top six guy on a, on a decent team. DeLon Wright, that's a backup. He had 17, six assists, eight rebounds tonight on 14 shots. Uh, Avery Bradley was probably the best guy on the floor. He was great. 11 of 19 from the floor, two of six from three, finishes 27.7 assists. He was great. Chandler Parsons. Chandler Parsons played 16 minutes in this game. CJ Miles, 20, 26 minutes. Holy mackerel. Uh, Joakim Noah. Stop me whenever I've stopped saying guys that are washed up. Javon Carter is somehow a rookie and also washed up. 13 minutes. Tyler Dorsey. Anybody heard of him before? He hit that three in the first half. You're just like, who is this? What is happening? What is happening? Uh, the Thunder just looked disjointed. They didn't look like they cared. They didn't look like they even knew each other. It was so bad. Did not deserve to win this game. Only one because the Grizzlies are just that bad. Period. That's it. They cared for five minutes in this game, the Thunder. It was, I mean, just a horrendous showing. And like feeling encouraged by the win. I don't know. I'm an optimistic person. I live an optimistic life. I believe generally things are going to be all right. Uh, I do think this team is going to be fine, but after this game, I, I am everybody just sit here and just be extremely thankful that Paul George is still on this team because we're getting a glimpse of what things may have looked like if Paul George did not decide to return to Oklahoma city and they're making just an incredibly strong case for Paul George to win the MVP. Because I, and I like, okay, perspective time. 
this group, these guys have not looked this bad all season. This is this is one of the worst games I've seen from the Thunder since they've actually like been a good organization. Like this was this was just really, really, really bad. It was really difficult to watch. I'm still in disbelief that they won. Uh, they did outscore the Grizzlies thirty-two to twenty in the fourth quarter. They had a thirty-two point quarter and they only scored ninety-nine points. <laughs> ninety-nine. Oh my goodness. Um, they needed this win. When it comes, when it when it's all said and done, I think come playoff time we're going to be laughing about this this stupid win, the dumbest win in Thunder history. Uh, but the fact is, they needed this win. You can't come away with a loss against the Memphis Grizzlies at home. Not this version of the Memphis Grizzlies. Not Mike Conley sitting Memphis Grizzlies. You just can't do that. That just cannot be a thing. And so they actually won the game. They did what they needed to do, kind of. And you just got to hope that Paul George can play in the game's upcoming you just have to i mean that's he's got to play the wing depth is just non-existent you like deontay burton's got to get some run here and not that he's going to fix everything but uh and you know credit to nader he actually played well he had 15 points on 10 shots tonight three of six from three hit some big shots for this team uh but i feel like you you need some energy from somewhere uh and it just wasn't there tonight um maybe they get some rest Maybe they uh, get a practice in and feel better. I don't know. I don't know, guys. Not sure exactly what the answer is. It's the second out of the back-to-back. That's no excuse for playing like this. You're playing just so disjointed. It was the most disjointed game that I've seen this team play. Uh, and And it was a big one. And they won. And Westbrook hit the back to back shots, which was just... Oh, boy. All right. You can listen to me and McKelly talk now. Thanks for listening to our show. Um, talk to you guys again Wednesday. I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm, I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and we're featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. And with me today is my good friend, McKelly Barra. McKelly is back! McKelly, what's up? Well, uh, it's been too long. Uh, I know. Like, how, how was it? Like two weeks? It, it seems like a year or so. <laughs> it feels um, like forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in the meantime, it seems that, uh, that like, do you know, like, do you want to know the reason why OKC is losing? It's because they, the have, they haven't heard advice from you in a while. No, they, no, no, they don't no, even know no, themselves no, no. at this point. No, no, no. <laughs> That's because, um, I, I randomly write for, a for an Italian outlet. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. and, and like, a week ago, two weeks ago, they started pushing me to writing something, and I was in the middle of it. And I released it. I think um, 
the night of the sacramental loss. Okay. So it's yeah. all my fault. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> you jinxed, and, you jinxed them. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the other time I wrote uh, for the outlet it was at the end of last season. Yeah. I think after the Houston game. Uh, where Melo was amazing, and I said, "Well, there's a ch- there is a good chance that Melo can be that guy for a playoff series," and I jinxed that <laughs> as well. So it's it's really me. Uh, like I should not write and just talk about the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I I feel the same way because before, I guess it was before that Kings game too. I tweeted like all these stats about the shooting that the Thunder have had recently, and now that's mm-hmm. all just gone to the crapper <laughs> yeah not, yeah they've not shot the ball well since thank then you. thank you for making us stupid <laughs> uh, look stupid right. well, also stupid i don't know everything uh so the thunder in a four-game losing streak uh this it's this has happened before to the thunder a couple times this season they started the season this way and it it is so similar to the way they started the season it's kind of crazy because they had a couple games without Russell Westbrook, and then it took them a minute to get things going. Actually, they had three without Russell. He played in that Boston game, uh, which they lost. They lost by six, but still, like they they were losing games, and yeah. it felt it felt huge at the time because this is all that we had seen. This is is this the team? Is this how they're going to play? And I think that we, I definitely kind of went a little bit crazy. And this time around, I'm like, okay, let's really think about it. Let's do this together. They lost to Sacramento. Second night of a back-to-back. That Sacramento team was good. They only lost by three. Mm-hmm. You can explain that one. They lose to Denver in Denver. That's a, that's a great team. And we didn't know at the time, but there was an injured Paul George as a part of that crew. Yeah. And then they lose to Philly at home, four point game. Embiid's like that's a that should have been a winnable game, but still Tobias was on fire. You can explain that one. And then they lose to San Antonio in San Antonio, where the Spurs are an excellent team. And you know, like those individually, I feel like you can sit there and explain them. Um, but it's within the context of a four game losing streak. Uh, but for two of those, you're missing Paul George. I mean, if I mean yeah. that's, I'm not trying to like sit here and justify it and say the Thunder, all, you know, they should have lost those games. No, like they should have been able to win last night, and they should have been able to win that game in Philly at home. Like those were winnable games, even without Paul. Um, and we can talk about a little bit of how they're playing. Is they're not playing great basketball, uh, but within the context of the season, you can explain those away. And I said this on Thunder After Dark last night. The ones that are inexplicable losing to to the baby Lakers at home. Like that's, yeah. that's not okay. Uh, you lose to Chicago, you lose to Atlanta, you lose to all these teams in there. And at the time it's like, yeah, you know, good teams lose to lose to bad teams sometimes. Uh, but those were truly the missed opportunities losing to the Pelicans right before the all-star break missed opportunities. Those are big time missed opportunities that this team had to solidify the their seedings. And I, I think that I'm not quite as mad about these four losses as I am about those. Because these four losses, like I get them. Two, two games without Paul George, who is their best player. And I, I don't think there's any doubt about that now. Uh, like You're going to lose games without your best player. Almost every team does, unless you're yeah. the Warriors. And you can't 
Everybody can't continue to measure themselves up against the Warriors. That's that should not be a thing. It's not a fair thing. Yeah, um, I think that I, I agree uh, with all you said, uh, but I have I have an issue with the way OKC lost the last four games. And to be honest, the way OKC is playing January uh, since January, um, yeah. because I think that there is a pattern out there uh, that you can look at, and is the the defensive effort in the first half. Mm-hmm. The last five games, sixty six point uh, points, sixty three, four, sixty, and seventy two in the first half. That's too much. Yeah, and I get so. there is a, a pace factor in it, so. Not every number is the same, but especially tonight against San Antonio, 72 point and a half, and they don't play a very speedy game. They right. play isoball. They play a low pace. Um, so that part of OKC losing is kind of worrisome mm-hmm. because they have they show during the same games that they have um, another gear defensively and. For a defensive team, it's important to 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 start the game not with your best effort, but with a, a reasonably good one. And I think that OKC has lost um, some idea on how to be effective without giving giving it all. Because it's wrong to start a game uh, and and lose all your energies. I remember last season they were doing so. They were great the first half, and the second half something was wrong. Uh, on a, on a energy uh, standpoint, um, and it's hard. Antonio Daniels was tweeting as much today. Uh, it's hard to keep your intensity uh, throughout the game, but if you're a great, you need to play consistent defense right from the from the beginning. And to be honest, against Portland, they did it. They allowed 49 points in the first half. That's how you 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 build. Uh, good wins. Uh, 49, it's it's a very good number for OKC um, because it's it's like something like 95, 96 offensive rating um, giving the pace OKC is playing. So I, I really think that that part of OKC losing is concerning. And it's concerning because um, a few p- key players are not playing up to their standards. I don't think Steven is playing th- his best defense. I know that he covers a lot of ground for uh, other guys. But nevertheless, I want to see him more um, assertive on defense and on offense. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and with Russ and Dennis, it's the same. Um, maybe uh, the, the last two guys, so Russ and Dennis, are the most important problem for OKC defensively because they are not working on screen as they're supposed to. So, yeah. I they've think that bad, there's a problem. They've been, yeah. Both, yeah. they've been both super bad on the defensive end. They haven't, and maybe they showed that, they showed some effort against utah i thought i thought dennis was actually yeah. pretty good against utah yeah uh, the past three games though i think he, he's been horrendous and the fact that neither of them have been able to shoot the basketball well the past two games yeah you just can't win you yeah. will not win with both of yeah. them shooting high volume and inefficient you just can't do it it doesn't matter what the other guys do you just don't yeah. they don't have the firepower elsewhere to get it done yeah, and to be honest, uh, a lot of those shots are shots that you are not supposed to take. Um, yeah. Because, like, 
I think that another pattern that worries me, and it worries me since I think, I don't know, 2013, maybe, <laughs> it's the way OKC reacts into when the game is close. Sometimes uh, Russ is able to make like two, three decisions in a row, especially when PG has going, because in that, and it's similar to what, uh, to the um, KD era. And yeah. KD was going, and the game was on the line. It was an easy call. Either you go to the basket, or you find a good shot for KD. And that thing works. Mm-hmm. And the same works uh, if PG has it that night. If he doesn't, then I don't know why, but the 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 level of the choices that Russes make is not always optimal. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's really bad. Like last night, and that entitles Shooter to make the same kind of choices. It was really um, in full display last night where OKC was down five and Russ takes an early shot. Mm-hmm. And then transition, the Spurs scores, the, other pos- the next possession, turnover, the next possession, Shooter takes another really early three uh, with like no rhythm, no construction, no nothing. Yeah. That's that's concerning. And um, because there are nights like the one in, in Orleans where even if PG is playing, he we cannot ask him to ask him to be MVP caliber player every single night. And on those nights, Russ has to be better. Mm-hmm. And Russ has been better this season. I think that a lot of people look at the past, you know, five or six games that he's played and think, oh, this has just been Russ the whole season. Uh, no, no. It really hasn't been, but he has been, he is, his decision making and his shot selection has been so bad. I thought that they, re- the Thunder had a chance in the third quarter to mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. They were yeah. playing good defense. They were getting, the Spurs were, they were making the Spurs take the shots they wanted them to. And then on the other end, it was such a mess that you just knew, like, okay, they're throwing away an opportunity right now. They're just completely throwing it away because they want to get the kill shot in. And it was Russell, and it was Dennis, and it was just they, they took turns taking bad threes, and I think it was the possessions that you were just talking about. Like, that was their chance. Yeah. And they completely let it go. And the Spurs are good at home, but, like, that's not a super talented Spurs team. Even this team without... Paul George, I think that if you ask Greg Popovich, do you want to swap teams? You'd probably say, yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. for sure. For sure. Uh, but you have to execute. You and, have to. Yeah. And sometimes you, uh, in the meantime, uh, live update, Portland just won on the road. So yeah, they are officially the three seed now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I was saying you have to execute because when OKC executes, um, there are good shots to be taken. I don't, I don't mind. And I heard, uh, you saying as much, uh, in Thunder of the Dark. I don't mind the two, uh, of eight of Jeremy Grant because they, those yeah. were shots that he should take. Mm-hmm. And there are the same amount of shots for Terrence Ferguson out there to be found. And I think that if you run a screen, uh, um, probe the defense, Try to to make an, another pass and then move the ball. It's it's there. You just have to find it, and you just have to trust your teammates a little bit more. And again, as you said, not to go for the kill shot. 
Yeah, and and there's an I mean there's another thing within all of this is that they're trying to work in a pretty key piece into the rotation of Marquise Morris. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. It, there are times that it's a great thing. I thought that he really kept. It, it's just funny because like you get the entire package in that Philly game where he really mm-hmm. kept them in it. That he got them points when they needed it, and then he missed the biggest rotation of the game there at the yeah. end. And that's just kind of a microcosm of trying to work in a key piece late in the season. And a guy that's going to play big minutes, a guy that's going to get shots, uh, and a guy that doesn't quite understand your defensive rotations yet. That's, that's the growing pains right there because like, you know, that he's going to help come playoff time. He's going to really help. And he's going to be a guy that when the bench can't score, he's going to be a guy that can, he showed it last night too. Like he went to the basket He's got that little floater pretty close to the basket that he's pretty good at. Uh, he can shoot it from three. He's a guy that he can really score the basketball, and so yeah. they're going to need him. But he's going to—he does have to learn the defense, and I think that he will. I think that it'll take him a little bit, but once he does, I think he's going to really help this team. But a part of this losing streak is the growing pains in introducing a guy like Marquise Morris into the system. Yeah, and. Um I think that for the most part, Keith is taking the shots he should take. Uh, not too, not too many ISOs, bad ISOs where he doesn't get a mismatch and takes a shot anyway. Um, he's positioning himself very well from uh, to get trees. Those parts I like. The defensive part, you're right. There are so many bad rotations and. Those those bad rotations when he has to play with Jeremy somehow uh, when he played with Jeremy as a three, those lineups were terrible. Like there was no communication. Grant is a great help defender, yeah. Um, but he, I think, he benefits greatly uh, of the presence of Steven Adams, and no and so. It's, it's different if you have to play the three and someone else is relying on you. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's not going to work um, in the next two or three games, I think. But but yeah, uh, if you get used to uh, the way OKC playing the pick and roll, the way you have to rotate, because that defense, again, is daunting. We, we said that many times, that in order for OKC to have... Um, an okay defense, they have to work more than the average defense. But the the ceiling of this defense is way higher. So mm-hmm. low floor, high ceiling. And yeah. for a guy of like Marquis Morris to be able to be effective in this kind of defense, it's hard because it's not the way they played in Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that you're, that's it. Very much defines where this team is at right now. When you say that the defense is low floor, high ceiling. Because when they're mm-hmm. clicking, they're on. I mean, you cannot get through them. And yeah. when they're playing together, they're play connected. They rotate. They communicate. It's the best defense in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But when when you take your foot off the gas, it becomes a defense that's really easy uh, to navigate and to find the shots that you want. I think you saw that last night in San Antonio for most of the game. All it took yeah. for them was a dribble drive. Some things broke down, a couple late rotations, boom, we have a shooter. Boom, we have an open mid-range shot. Boom, we have an opening to the basket. It yeah. happened over and over and over again. And it wasn't difficult. 
And there, the way they defended LaMarcus Aldridge too, like you know he's going to spin right shoulder and you don't defend him that way. It just, I don't know. I, I just didn't like really much of what was happening with the Thunder defense last night. It was just, it was super bad. And I think this transitions us to a lot of people are, are calling for Billy Donovan again. And it's just, to me, it's just, let's okay, fire him. Just fire, like fire the man. He's, his team isn't performing up to their standards. I mean, goodness, haven't we been here before? And we've yeah. been here before several times this season. And when things go well, you're like, oh man, is, is he, is he an underrated coach of the year candidate? Is he a dark horse? Mm-hmm. Like, and then you, same people are just like, you should let go of him. You know, if the Thunder losing round one, that's been a question that's been asked like a hundred times to me over Twitter. If the Thunder losing round one, are they going to fire Billy Donovan? Uh, I don't think they will. No, I don't. Uh, and a lot of it will depend on like who's the matchup, what happens. I mean, if they play Houston in round one and they lose in seven games, is he going to get fired? Absolutely not. Like he, mm-hmm. like Billy Donovan is a beloved person within the organization, and I don't think that there is a chance that he gets fired. I mean, it would have to be something super embarrassing. I mean, you play like they keep the three seed or they get up to the two seed and then they play Sacramento and they lose in four. They get swept by Sacramento. Okay. Like something is very, very wrong here, <laughs> you know. Uh, but if you lose to a good team in round one, no, I'm, I'm sorry, but that's not going to happen. I know that people think that just a solution is to just let go of the coach and just be done with it and you go find somebody else. Uh, there's not a lot of somebody else's out there that are going to help. And if if I were to read the situation correctly, I would think that the Thunder wouldn't just go get a veteran NBA coach. I mm-hmm. would think that they would go find even another guy that's in college or some up-and-coming guy that they can mold. And it takes some time to learn how to be an NBA coach. And you want to do that all over again Yeah, when you already have a guy in place that has the trust of Paul. He was one of the reasons that Paul came back. I hope you guys know that. I hope everybody realizes that, that Billy Donovan is a huge reason that Paul George is still here in OKC. Uh, Russell Westbrook trusts him. Steven Adams loves him. Everybody loves the guy. I think he does. He is a good coach. I think there's no question that he is like, if you think that he's just not a good coach, um, I just, I can't get on the same page with you. I just can't do it. Is he a perfect coach? I don't think he's a perfect coach. Does he make mistakes? Sure. Does he have trouble yeah, motivating his team sometimes? Yeah, exactly. I think so. Exactly. exactly. But like we, we can be crit- we can, we can make criticism of Billy, and and we did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I think that uh, when you evaluate a coach, um, you need to separate what is in his power and what is in the player's power. I know that. Um, playing for like being a coach is also motivating your team. But in the end, you have to be professional in your job. And there can be a good boss that motivates you. But if you are not going to bring it that day, a coach can do so much. And if you are Russell Westbrook or Danny Schroeder, there's no chance that you were, that you sit on the bench because you didn't do your job. Yeah. That's not how the NBA works. David Fitzdale tried to do as much, tried to do as much with Marc Gasol. Guess what? He got fired. Yep. <laughs> like, and, and he was probably right because Mark wasn't giving the effort 
because he didn't care. The season was over and he didn't want to play. Uh, he didn't want to like, he, he did want to play. He just didn't want to, uh, to play the way the coach want, wanted. So mm-hmm. I think that you, you need to be mindful about what is the coach's responsibility. And Billy, to that extent, brought this team to play very good defense schematically brought this team to play good offense, again, schematically. Um, when OKC moves the ball, he moves the, he moves the ball really well. When he doesn't, it's because some guys named either Russell Westbrook or Danny Schroeder or Raymond Felton, um, is playing very well, by the way, uh, they are deciding to take the easy way out. And as a, as a coach, you can call time out, you can remind your players, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you need to always, always re- remember the development part because this is probably the best and being, and being a recruiter are two of the best ability qualities mm-hmm. because I think that when you evaluate Jeremy Grant, Terrence Ferguson, that are assets for this team, this is what Billy does. Mm-hmm. He gets players to learn the, the game and to be effective and he does it quickly. It's not like a five-year development. It's like a season development. It's great. It's something that other organizations um, crave about, about their coach. I, I think that you have to evaluate everything. And uh, on the other end, I do think that if there is a disconnection between the team, uh, the, the, the players and the coaching staff, you may want to fire a coach because it's not going to work. But we are not there. Like There's not Paul a disconnection. George. I can I can no. tell you, no, with, no with certainty that there is no disconnection between the players and the coaching staff at all. Exactly, None. exactly. And I remember uh, the last interview that Paul George gave last season before um, signing, like when the season ended, and he made three names: Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, and Billy Donovan, mm-hmm. and of course Sam Presti. Yeah. So four na- four names. Like, if you don't want your coach, you don't say that what you have to do is to talk with Steven, with Russ, and with the coach. Hmm. And he didn't speak about Melo. <laughs> because he, he definitely didn't want did not. <laughs> like, like, it was a very clear message. I want to be here, and I want to be here with those three guys, plus yeah. Presti. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. You know what another place I would like to be is? Uh, it's, uh, that is Andy, it's Andy, it's another one. Did I, did I mess this up? This is, we have a new sponsor. This is a terrible transition into a new sponsorship. Uh, it's, uh, physical. So physical is a therapy, a physical therapy and a balance center. Uh, you may have been, you may have passed it several times. It's over off May Avenue. Um, and you might say to yourself, is that place, uh, just for older people? Uh, but the answer is no. It's actually for anyone seeking to feel better. If you're recovering from an accident or a surgery, and if medicine is just not the avenue that you want to go down to relieve pain, then you want to grab a consultation. Go to physical. It's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. So if you're looking uh, to lose or maintain weight, gain strength and endurance, you've got to go to physical. Um They've got incredible machinery there that can help you uh, if you're having trouble with balance, if you're having trouble uh, coming back from maybe like a knee surgery or you've had some sort of orthopedic problem. Uh, that can help you with just about anything. 
Uh, I met with Sean a few weeks ago. I got to go in and see all their equipment. The place is outstanding. It's new, it's fresh, and all of their equipment is just state-of-the-art. So if you're looking um, for a place to get physical therapy done or you're looking to improve your balance, uh, you've got to go to Physical. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L. You can call them. Uh, Here is their phone number. It is 405, it's here in Oklahoma City, 48909. So that's 405-400-8909. You can also visit their website. It's physical, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L.com backslash Oklahoma dash city. So go visit their website, give them a call, give Sean a call. Uh, Great people, basketball fans. Uh, and they can help you get on the right track. So go support the people that support Down to Dunk and go visit physical. So this is an example of great coaching because Andrew actually warned me about this before we <laughs> recorded the pod and horrible execution. You totally forgot, <laughs> man. See, just like Russell just forgets yeah, to execute. I, I didn't understand the, 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 the cue because I I, I, I was <laughs> thinking for a place, like an, like an actual place. And so since we have like sponsor for uh, recreational places, I, I didn't make the connection. <laughs> And uh, as as when you and you see like um, a team running towards you and you know that they are running something but you don't quite remember right. what coach said and you mess up and I and I did hundred percent did but balance back to the sponsor balance is very important it is. Um, and um, it's something that usually you don't work on you work on biceps and blah 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 but balance and core it's actually probably the most important part of your physical um, exercises and therapy. So yeah, they actually have a machine in there that nobody else in the city has. I think actually like one other place has it and they, they're one of the locations that has it. Um, Is it uh, something called a reformer or something like that? I need need to, I need to text Sean after this and ask him what it's called, but it's a, it's this giant machine that will exactly like read your whole body and it can pinpoint why your balance is off or where i mean it's just an incredible incredible place that's, it's great that's great um, did i did i did i made I, I made up for for my mistake or not yeah you did you did great <laughs> okay you did a good job <laughs> uh so the thunder we can go over some of their overall numbers right now they're 14th in offense at a 110.1 defensive rating they're down to fifth at a 105.8 net rating is at a 4.3 puts them at seventh uh, so you look at those numbers, you know, top five defense, you know, top half of the league offense. That doesn't sound so bad. Um, let me filter it. <laughs> I'm actually like legitimately terrified to filter this right now to the last four games to kind of give you. Um, oh, holy mackerel. You know who's the number one defense in the last four games? Not Orlando. Like, no, it's Memphis. Great. This is this is great. Okay, so this is not quite as bad as I thought it would be. So they're okay. oh, they're thirteenth in defense over the last four games. So one hundred nine point four. Yeah, that's not quite as bad. <laughs> the Cavs are no. one twenty two in wow. the last four games. Indiana it's... is twenty ninth in the last four. Yeah, games. yeah, they are they are not playing the greatest basketball. In Minis- right Minnesota one sixteen point six. Wow, the Thunder have upcoming. Offensive yep. rating in the last four games for the Thunder. Woo! Yeah, 30th? Ooh, 20, 28th. 
103.1. They're a negative 6.3 net rating right now. And it's the offense that's like truly killing them. Yeah. A 103 yeah. is, is, that is really, really bad. You know who's yes. worst in their last four ga- worst in the last four games in the Thunder? There's two teams. Give me a clue. Small one. Um, they made a trade. These two teams made a trade together that included uh, two NBA champions. Uh, it should be easy, but my, it, my mind my mind is so dizzy right it's now. It's completely <laughs> decimated one of the teams and set this other team up for their future. Completely decimated uh, them. The one of their guys that's on their current team won the three point shootout. So that guy I should know, Harris mm-hmm. won the point. Um, so it's Brooklyn and I don't know Boston. Boston. Oh, that trade. Okay, long okay. time ago. Boston. Oh, I thought I thought this year. Sorry. Okay. No. Oh, sorry. I should have clarified. I, I, I was thinking like. Two all stars? The deadline? <laughs> what what is it? What is it? Two NBA champions? What is he saying? Like I, I don't understand this. <laughs> I, I was thinking like Trevor Ariza, but it was not the champion. Was right. it with the Lakers? He was, yeah. He was yeah, so I was thinking I said, well, why Washington? No. Okay, yeah. so that was too confusing. That's all that's my fault. That was my coaching. It's bad coaching. Um right. yeah, too, Boston. Much, too much information. Boston is they have a worse in their last four games they're they're one and three have a worse net rating than the thunder oh great um it's pretty brutal yeah but anyways like this they're they're in, obviously they're in they're not in good shape right now mm. and I get I'm just getting more and more uh scared here yeah they're 26 in net rating over their last four games not like those these numbers don't matter I'm sorry like this is kind of stupid um but this kind of does tell you that the Grizzlies are playing okay. They're 500 in their last four games, which is not great. But yeah, but they met. I'm looking to to their, their stats. They met Dallas, and yeah. Dallas shoot seven for of forty from three, <sighs> like seventeen point five percent. Yikes! Yeah, they're. I, I don't think that is completely. I think that part of it is self inflicted. Even if I sure. didn't watch the game, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, they're they're fourth in net rating in the last four games. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah. which doesn't matter. Like those are dumb numbers to look at. But anyways, the the, the Thunder do play tonight at home. Second night of a back to back against Memphis. Uh, I hope there were some conversations going on uh, on that plane ride about how they're going to play. Like they've got to yeah. refocus. I mean, they just have to. They just yeah. have to tonight that you can't lose. You cannot lose to this team at home. You just can't. I think that you're, you're, you're kind of getting close to dancing with not having home court advantage in the first round, which you do not want to go into the playoffs like that. Yeah. You know, there is a real chance and it might not be completely in your hands. Uh, if, if you lose tonight because Houston can win and you can be tied in, a, in the loss column, I think, with Houston. And that might that it's out of your hand. That's and you exactly don't want right. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, important yeah, you, because you can win against Memphis, even yeah. if Paul. 
Yeah, it doesn't appear. It doesn't appear that Paul's going to play tonight. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there's and you, no indication. You don't need Paul George to beat this Memphis team. Like you just don't. If you can just play disciplined defense, really, that's the only ask. That's a, that's yeah. my that's my only ask for this team. Yep, they're gonna they're gonna be able to score enough points. Play play disciplined defense tonight. Just show up and make play sure that you're rotating. Period. Period. Yeah. Just yeah. just play di- discipline on both ends. Uh, take spot up shooting if you're Russell Westbrook. Take it to the rim because yes, Jaron Jackson is a good defender, but it's a rookie. You should. He's out. Have he's out? Jaron Jackson been, is out. He's been hurt. Yeah, let me. Oh, let me double check. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah, got yeah, hurt yeah, sorry, a sorry. couple weeks ago, or maybe a week ago. Yeah. Yeah, you have Valentinus and Noah. I I don't care. But you have to take like twenty shots at the rim, those guys, and made like yeah. twelve at least. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm asking, and um, and I think oh, we can do it. And tonight it will mitigate um, this bad week because we we can all say it's it was a bad week. Yeah. So Kyle Anderson is out. Um, Dylan Brooks is out, and Jaron Jackson, they're all out. Uh, yeah, and, and like the rest of the team, like Conley's good. We got a guy that probably should have been on the Thunder by now. With the amount of times people talk about maybe Bradley, uh, we'll play tonight. Justin Holiday, Conley is doubtful per SPN. Is he? Justin Holiday is questionable. Every Bradley is questionable. Okay, I'm reading this. Like okay. Conley <laughs> is listed as doubtful. To Sunday games against the Thunder. Holiday, the same. Bradley, the same. Anderson is definitely out. So, yeah. Okay. Can be, if Conley doesn't play and they and they lose, it's going to be loud. <laughs> and, and you know what? At that point, yeah. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let it, you just got to let it all happen. You got yeah. to gotta start <laughs> heaving tomatoes at them as well. Because it's just like, all right, what are you guys doing? Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah. I I I just this team and they they show it every night. It's not like they just don't show it at all. They show it every night that they have heart and they have fight. They're a gritty bunch of guys. They a lot of them have chips on their shoulders. But I do think that there's something similar to the way they show up sometimes in games that it was it's eerily similar to last year where they just show up and they think that they can just beat teams because it says Thunder across their chest and it says Westbrook uh, across their back. You know? Yeah. I think yeah. that, that that's been an issue for this team in spurts. The first four yeah. games. You know, there was that four-game stretch in the middle of the season and there's four-game stretch right now. It happens. And I think this team needs to get back on the right track. I think that they need to move the ball. And really, and a big barometer for this team, I think, is the amount of shots that Terrence Ferguson gets. Because when he takes yeah. ten plus shots, I think I don't know, I don't have any clue what the stats are, but I would promise you that it's it probably looked pretty good for this team, and it means that the ball is moving because he's not like he ran up and down the court. And I said this last night on Thunder After Dark. He runs up and down the court for almost three full quarters without shooting the basketball. What sport is he playing? Like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, I just, 
it's it's a huge barometer to me. Does Terrence Ferguson touch the ball? Is he able to help? Because he did against Philly. He was good against Philly. Yeah, he had six assists. Can you believe that? He had yeah, six assists. Did that's? I mean, that just shocked me. Like I knew he was passing the ball well, but then when I looked at the box score afterwards, I was like, six. He had eight total yeah. in yeah. well in like December. Yeah, eight. That's all. I mean, the the improvement that this guy has made is just unbelievable. Um, but if he can shoot it 10 times tonight, like I feel way better about this team's chances. Way better. Uh, I have to to give you a bad news. Uh, attempts from Terrence and wins are completely unrelated. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> it's like when he shoots more than 10 times, it's I think um, seven games and mm-hmm. OKC. Well, it's five and two, which is good. But oh. if you take like yeah, 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 five and two, but it's it's close to the the percentage they are uh, for the season. So mm-hmm. sure, better yeah. than what they've been the last four games, where it feels like he hadn't really touched the ball all that much. Yeah, but when he takes like one shots or less, the record is the same, five and two. Okay, well, well, I am once again a big dummy, but no, I, I do think that it means something for their ball movement. No, there there is a, cor- a, a direct correlation between the number of shots that Terrence Ferguson gets and the offensive rating of this team. Yeah, that is that is why it was important this week uh, to give Terrence some shots, yeah. and OKC didn't do it. I I need to check. But I think that um, a guy who passes to Ferguson a lot is Paul George. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't you go ahead and I'll look this up? Because I think it's it's something that my eye catched a few times. And I don't know if it's real or I just imagined that or stuff like that. So yeah. I, I really want to to know that if that is true. But I think, uh, I think I'm right. And it wouldn't surprise me because Paul is one of the guys on this team. Not and obviously Russell does too. Like believes in Terrence Ferguson and the kind of player that he is and will be. Uh, but Paul really does since the beginning. I mean, he mm-hmm. and Paul. Paul throws a lot of stuff out there, but he since the beginning of last season, he said, "You know, I see a lot of myself in Terrence." Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, if if Terrence turned out to be the kind of player that Paul George is, I think it would be. Uh, a miracle of sorts because Paul uh, is one of the best five players in the NBA this season. And for him to turn into that, I think would be incredibly difficult. Um, But if he can just be a guy that can attack a closeout, that can make a good pass, he can make a three and he can defend that's, I mean, to get that at 21 is so rare. I mean, you look back at like who was the twenty first pick in like the last several drafts, and it's a lot of names that are not very impressive, <laughs> you know. Mm. Um, and for the Thunder to find him, and that was a guy that we both, and just to completely destroy our credibility, um, did not think it was the greatest pick for the Thunder at the time. No, we we we'd made, uh, I think. A reasonable, a reasonable argument, which was OKC need contribution this season, yeah. and and I, and Terrence wasn't ready to give contribution last season, and we liked Derek White, we liked Anunobi. That, to yeah. be fair, was it's not that we said, 
um, we love Duke Kennard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's we said, or Justin Patton. We we said that Terence was a scary pick because it was another um, not IAQ player, and I think that he didn't show that up to that point. But yeah, I mean, development is huge, and probably we we missed that. Um, and uh, since I I said that you were wrong on the passes on the on the um, number of shots, I was completely wrong about Terence Ferguson and Paul <laughs> because he passes the ball like point he like from passes of Paul George he takes point seven uh, three points attempt per game while. Uh, with Russell Westbrook, it's 1.7. But to be fair, uh, with Polger passes, he's shooting 45.2%. With Russ, 367 uh, I don't know what that means, but um, but yeah, for sure, Terrence benefits of has has been good uh, when Paul George is the one who passes the ball. <laughs> that's, that's so crazy. Um, okay, Michaela, do you have anything else? Because I've got I've got to go. But do you have anything else before before we go? No. Have a great Sunday, you all, and uh, we'll be either miffed or <laughs> grateful and blessed uh, by this time tomorrow. Right. We'll be talking about it, asking the question: Can they win the conference finals uh, by the end of this? Or we'll be asking: Are they were they going to make the playoffs? So we'll see. Uh, you guys have a great day. Thanks for listening to our show. Um, go to physical if you need physical therapy or if you need help with an injury. Um, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday. <laughs>